Alrighty everyone, welcome back. The whole Rare Petro gang has regrouped in Colorado, which means I should be able to deliver some content more regularly in the coming weeks. We are long overdue for a Basin Breakdown, and I think it's probably been a couple of months since our last wacky world of energy. Other than that, welcome to the other side of that summer solstice. June 21st is the longest day of each year, for those of us who aren't Australian at least. If you are in the Denver area like myself, the solstice hit at exactly 8.57am on the 21st, and the day is 5 hours and 38 minutes longer than the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice. But I know you didn't come here to talk about astronomy, so we will cut it before I stray into astrology and get right into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. First is the WTI price. We've already covered most of last week's price action on the Friday morning episode, so we only have the end of the day to review before closing and reopening this morning. Friday, the price fell from 69 to high 67 Fortunately, it almost immediately rebounded to the low $69 range right before close, so that whole day can be roughly chalked up to no change. When markets open again on Sunday evening, there was no major change from the weekend, which carries all the way through to the present. It may sound totally normal, but the action for Monday does look just a little bit strange. Huge $1 range in swings from $70 to $69 and back in 2-4 to four hour cycles. I can't tell you where it will finish by the end of this day, much less the end of this week, but this volatility doesn't bode well. There's no need to fret because even Brent has the same thing going on with a near $5 spread. Like I said, lots of volatility, but if you don't see that spread normalize back into that 4 to 450 range by the time the price seems to stabilize, cool down, level off, there may be cause for further analysis. Natural gas continues on its month-long run-up and actually found a lot of strength at the end of Friday as it rose 20 cents from 260 to 280. We saw this price last back in, I think it was February, with a temporary little peak in pricing, but we are very close to approaching prices that we haven't seen since that massive decline from December to February. Yes, those prices may have been out of the ordinary, but it doesn't hurt to dream. A large chart looking at the past six months makes this increase look like the peak of a cycle, so we may not have anywhere to look but down from here, you know, falling from 280 back down to roughly $2, so... Hopefully next week we see something more interesting and a little bit more positive. Next up is the rig count. We already covered this on Friday, so I'll just hit you with a quick recap. Last week the slaughter slowed down as we dropped only one rig, bringing a temporary reprieve from the abysmal rig decrease. I mentioned that the hemorrhaging had stopped, but we weren't out of the woods yet. The downward trend is easily visible, and the ride continues this week. Down another 8 rigs, bringing the US total to 687, or 53 fewer rigs than we had this time last year. This also means that in 2 months we have lost 68 rigs. So, who were the biggest losers? At a basin level it was the Permian and Marcellus who were down 4 each. The Eagleford is up 2, and surprisingly enough, the Utica is up 3 rigs for the week. State by state, we have a whole slew of change. On the negative side is New Mexico, down 4. Louisiana, down three, while Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia are all down two. The only two states to see something good are Alaska, up two, and Ohio, up three. It's clear that the emphasis is falling away from unconventionals, as we lost ten rigs making horizontal hole, yet gained a rig each making directional and vertical. I think this is the beginning of a large response to suppressed commodity prices. People are recognizing that we are probably stuck in this band of pricing and nothing can really force that price any lower or higher. 
Would you work hard to produce more when your break-even price has climbed? Probably not. Until things become a little more attractive in that pricing arena, we will likely see the rig count fall pretty low. I've got no idea where it levels out, but I have a bad feeling we are still several weeks or maybe even months out from that. Next up is Nick Fernhout's world-famous Thirsty Thursday report, which can always be found on www.rarepetro.com, along with a great cocktail recipe. Here's what he had to report this week. Let's first take a look at the EIA's data, or forecasted build of 1.9 million barrels and a reported draw of nearly 4 million barrels. If you work at the EIA and are reading this, why are the forecasts so off lately? The people want to know. Whether it be out of luck or reliance on a different set of data, the API forecasted a seemingly more accurate draw of half a million barrels against the reported actual draw of one and a quarter million barrels of crude. There's nothing too exciting to note about either figure this week. Crude stocks are smack in the middle of their five-year range, and draws and builds are ebbing and flowing as normal. For two months or so at this point, the price of gasoline has been very steady despite gasoline stocks rising and falling tens of millions of barrels over the same period. Perhaps a sign of gasoline's price's stability, or maybe something else is at play. As Nick mentioned earlier, gas prices are steady. This week, the national average dropped just half of a cent. In other news, we have a new leader for the most expensive gas in the country. As long as I have written this weekly report, I've never seen Washington State top the charts, but here we are. At 4 9.48 per gallon, Washington is not the place you want to fill up your gas-guzzling car. Diesel costs relatively the same as it did last week. However, dislit stocks are rounding the curve and are into the flats this week. Thank you, Nick. I think that rounds out our statistics for the most part, but I would like to consider just a couple other statistics for the news this week. Anthony McDaniel sent the team a figure showing some data derived from Bloomberg calculations on Chinese import data, according to a few sources from the IEA. The graph shows how China started to import way more oil from Malaysia after 2020. I'm talking multiples of double or more. In fact, they've hit an all-time high of 1.4 million barrels of oil per day. You might be thinking, oh, that's neat. Good for Malaysia. Well, here's the funny part. If you do a little Googling in search of just how much oil Malaysia produces on a daily basis, yeah, produces, not exports to China, but produces, you would find that it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 600,000 to 700,000 barrels per day. That is data from Petronas, the Malaysian national oil company, and the EIA. So how exactly is Malaysia exporting two times or more oil than it produces on a daily basis to a single country? I'll give you just a few moments to try and guess because we've talked about it on this show before. The leading theory right now is that the oil is coming from Iran. Rare Petro has talked about this in previous episodes of multiple different segments. The world demands oil. Oil demand is, in fact, back to pre-pandemic levels and is even kind of leveled out from there. Even though the U.S. or the E.U. may declare sanctions, there are still tons, thousands, hundreds, millions of barrels being produced. All it takes is turning off a few transponders, trading some oil from ship to ship in the middle of the ocean, faking a couple documents, and boom, it's no longer Iranian oil. The same goes for Russia. This is why it is essentially pointless to throw an 11th round of sanctions at a country. If there is a hydrocarbon, there is a way. Next, we are about halfway into this year, and we've got a good amount of data to start sifting through. One of the most significant things to note is that Europe's LNG imports have surpassed their pipeline gas imports for the first time ever. 
Not a totally mind-blowing statistic at face value, considering that they really had to pivot hard away from the Nord Stream, but it did happen rather quickly. Surprisingly, global gas production was pretty stable last year compared to 2021 levels, meaning not a lot of extra supply had to come to markets to achieve this, but keep in mind we may not have data from every participant. In 2022, gas imports were down 35% to 5.3 trillion cubic feet, while LNG imports rose to more than 6 billion cubic feet. The fact that Europe, as an importer, was able to construct the appropriate amount of infrastructure to receive that gas is mind-boggling, and I'm sure that they haven't really stopped. On the other side of that coin, I think there's plenty of people building export facilities so they can get that LNG liquefied, put on ships, and out the door. I hope they are all doing enough because Russia supplied almost 50% of Europe's energy, specifically gas pre-war, so a full cutoff could be absolutely devastating. Of course, we still have Russia's ban of energy sales for anyone who enforces a price cap that they recently announced they will extend through 2023, but that should have more of an effect on oil anyways, not so much natural gas. Props to Europe for figuring out how to prevent themselves from getting taken advantage of, at least for now. But folks, that is all the time we have today. I know the release schedule was weird with another episode coming out just last Friday, but we should be back into the swing of things moving forward. If you like the podcast, consider subscribing. We put out new content regularly, and we also have a website where we post plenty of our other content and some of our favorite news sources that we are reading through in our own free time. You can find all of that at www.rarepetro.com. We love reviewing all of these things in our free time, and that is why we make this content. The information's free, so you may as well take advantage of it. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. Until we see you next time, take care, everybody.